I too would say good morning. It's good to be among you. I don't know um, how good I'd say it's to be in, in this position, but nonetheless, I have consented to stand here between you and God this morning. And I would simply ask you to pray for me as I fulfill this call this morning. It is, it is indeed good to be here. To get to know you, there's a lot of you that I do recognize. Um, some of you I, I don't know that I know. So it is a pleasure to, to be here, to worship with you, and get to know you better. I trust that God has led me to this message this morning and that we each one can be challenged and strengthened. I, I've told the congregation at Chambersburg many times I tend to preach to myself. And I'd say this message is that I preach what Tom needs, not maybe so much what the congregation needs what I'm working through in my life. And I trust that God leads me, His Spirit leads me to speak to what others need as well. If I would title my message this morning, it would simply be, How Much Do You Love God? And you might think that this is maybe a message more for a new Christian on an elementary level, and yet I find it so foundational as I think about this and as I study through this. There's so much in our world today that will tend to draw us away from our love for God. How much do you love God? Is your love for God real? If you, and you don't need to answer this, but if you in your mind rated your love for God on a scale of 1 to 10, would you be a 10 or would you be somewhere down near a 1? How much do you love those around you? How much does the love of God flow through your life to those around you? Romans 12 says this, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. This word dissimulation is not a word that we typically use today in our everyday language, but it simply means hypocrisy. Let love be without hypocrisy. Hate that which is evil and love that which is good, in my own words. So, as we think about that, is your love for God real or is it hypocritical? Is your love for others real or is it hypocritical? Are you putting on a false front? You know, it's, it's not difficult to pretend. We're, we're good at putting on a, a, a pretense, a false front. And to actually say that we love God, say that we love others when, do we really? Is it sincere in our hearts?
Here's the basis for true love. Love requires a deep passion for the truth. Knowing it, embracing it, obeying it, promoting it. Just as God hates evil and loves good, so those who know Him will love and hate the same things He does. When the Apostle Paul here in this verse in Romans that I read said to love without a hypocrisy, he simply was saying, let your love be genuine. Let it be sincere. Let it be real. Not pretending. Real love, not fake. The Greek word translated without hypocrisy meant inexperience in the act, in the art of acting. It came to mean someone who in contrast to an actor is without hypocrisy or pretense, is genuine and sincere. You know, God does not want to populate heaven with a bunch of robots or puppets that are not real, that are just making motions. Robots and puppets are simply programmed or controlled by others. God desires to be surrounded by people who love what He loves from their hearts, that are genuine, that are real, that are sincere. So I would challenge you this morning, what is your first natural response in any given situation? Do we lash out in a mean or nasty, overcoming way? Or are we loving a loving person? Do others know us by our love? 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 say this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Another reference in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31 say this, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment, and the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. These are the two greatest commandments. Love God, love others. How are we doing? How am I doing this morning? I'd like to take us to John chapter 21. It's a rather interesting account. I find it interesting. As Jesus is here talking to Peter, John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. We're going to break into this story here mid-scene, but hopefully we can get our point across. Verse 15, So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. He said, saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? 
Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. I don't know that I fully know or comprehend what this conversation between Peter and Jesus in this account. I've often wondered, why did Jesus say this three times to him? Basically the same words. You know, as, as they were sitting there and Jesus and Peter were talking, did, did Jesus point over and say, Peter, do you love me more than these fishing boats, more than that net, more than this career that you have? Was that what he was meaning? And as I look in my own life, do I love God and others more than the things of this world, the things that distract my attention, the things that would have a tendency to draw me away? How is it with you? Can you honestly say that you love God more than the things in your life that would tend to draw you away from God? Did Jesus point to the other disciples and say, Peter, do you love me more than them? And that's really a tough question. Do you love God more than your fellow believers? More than your family? More than your spouse? I find that very, very soul-searching. I don't know what exactly Jesus meant by these questions as he questioned Peter. But I believe he's questioning you and me today with these same questions. How much do you love God? And I believe the point that Jesus is making to Peter is that Peter is going to take full commitment. It's not going to work to be half-hearted. I believe it takes a commitment greater than anything else. It's really a soul-searching question. How much do we love God? Recently I read a statement by a professing Christian that went something like the following. I really love the Lord, but I fell into drug and alcohol abuse. But all the time I was in bondage, I still love the Lord. How about you and me? What could we fill in that blank that has happened in our life? That has drawn us away from God? The truth to that phrase is, I love the Lord has become a generic phrase that attempts to convey the fact that the individual believes that he or she is still a valid Christian regardless of the degree of or type of their sin. Now don't take this wrong. I'm not saying that if you sin, you don't love God. Hear me out. 
Another truth is that God requires us to keep His commandments as proof of our love. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And He repeats that again. That's in, in John 14.15. He repeats that again in John 14.21. He who has my commandments and keep them, he it is who loves me. And we don't need to prove our, God, our love to God. God knows perfectly the, the depths, the intents of our heart. He can see right down inside of us. He knows where, whether we're hypocritical or whether we're genuine. We need to prove our love for God to ourselves and to others. To those around us. Do those around us know that we have a sincere, true love for God? You know, many times around us in the world and in so-called Christian circles, we see those that have embraced some sort of sin, as I mentioned earlier, and yet they find a church or a religion that allows them to continue in what the Bible clearly calls sin, and yet they, they continue to attend that congregation, that denomination, and feel like they're in in the right relationship, that they are in love with God. The Bible clearly points out, if you love me, keep my commandments. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it, it is he that loves me. One cannot cease to follow Christ and remain a Christian. No one can prevent them from claiming that title, but their claim is invalid. The questions that lost individuals ask are as follows. Can one cease to love God, reject Christianity, and remain saved? Will such one be escorted into heaven and eternal life based on profession while ones that have made no profession are condemned to eternal hell with a much lesser load of sins. Is grace nothing more than hell insurance? Is such grace an incentive to sin because there are no consequences? The fact is that loving God will not pr protect a person from ever making a mistake or committing a sin. However, the more that we love God, the less likely we are to fall into sin. The fact is that your decisions and action, your decisions and actions define your love. Turn with me to John chapter 14 verses 15 and 21. Jesus says this, If you love me, Keep my commandments. In verse 21, he says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Another um, example that comes to my mind is that that we have just studied in the adult Sunday school lesson. 
the example of the Laodicean church. What did Jesus say to the Laodicean church in Revelation chapter 3? I'm going to read those verses quickly. Revelation 3.15 I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then that because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. God did not say to the Laodicean church, I know that you love me 50%. So even though you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, that's okay. After all, you're just sinners saved by grace. What did he say to him? I know your works. You're not cold nor hot. I'll spew thee out of my mouth. God's seen their hearts. He knew that they really didn't love him. That these other things had drawn them away. He spewed them out of his mouth. What would God say to you, to me today? What degree of love do you have for the Lord today? Is it 50 degrees as this Laodicean church? Or lukewarm? I hope not. I believe we should determine what is keeping us from 100 degrees and deal with it in our lives. The more we love Him, the more we know Him, the more we know Him, the more we conform to His divine nature, transforming our minds, our hearts, our lives into the mind of Christ. I believe true Christians need to strive for that perfect love. Perfect love is so complete with the ingredients of obedience, accepting of God's nature, Rejection of wickedness that it will not entertain any condition, any competition for that love. We are in the world, but the world ought not to be in us. It should not control our desires, emotions, decisions, or actions. And if we love Jesus to the point of joy, it will be difficult for temptation to lure us away. Again, I ask you, what is your love for Jesus like this morning? What is my love for Jesus like? Is it 50%? Is it 60%? Is it 70, 80, 90? I challenge you to look into your heart and life. Do you and I sincerely love God with our heart? Like Jesus said, we should hate any other lovers, any false beliefs or desires that compete for first place in our hearts. We should willfully determine to love God and obey His Word above all else. Do you and I sincerely love God with all our soul? 
This includes the emotional side of our love. I believe if, as we look at the, the life of Christ as an example, He displayed that, that perfect love. Both for God and for you and for me. The greatest example of love when he laid down his life for you and for me, and he was that perfect sinless sacrifice that went to the cross, provided the salvation of the world, obeying his Father's will. Do you and I sincerely love God with all our mind? What we allow to consume and control our thoughts shows what we really love and care about. So what is it that dominates your thinking? Again, Jesus gave us the example as He lived here on earth. He was consumed his life was consumed with following God and fulfilling His Father's will. What do you think about the most? Do you and I sincerely love God with all our strength? Or are our energies being drained to satisfy our own comforts and desires rather than God's cause? Again, Jesus gave us that perfect example. He went to His death pursuing one primary goal. To bear witness to the truth of God. God tells us how to love Him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. It's up to you and me to fulfill the rest. You know, designer clothes are known by their trademarks or designs. Under Armour, that's a popular one today. You see that popular um, symbol, Under Armour symbol, and you know it's an Under Armour. Some other ones I thought about are Levi's and, and Carhartt's. You know, you see that little Levi's symbol on the back of jeans. They're the original ones, so they say. Or the Carhartt, the little symbol that's sewed on the, the Carhartt coat, rugged Carhartt wear. When we see those, we, we know what they are, right? By that symbol. Certain people are identified by their attire. You see a, a policeman dressed in uniform, you know he's a policeman, right? Um, a doctor. Doctor in their garb. You see them and you know you, you pretty much have it. A nurse, same thing. So, these different trademarks designate what they are. 
And the question that I have for each one of us this morning, when others look at us, do they see the symbol of God, the love of God in our lives, by our actions, by our deeds, by our lives? The verse says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Do those around us see the symbol of the love of God radiating from our lives? As I think about that, I thought about a, a young man that I recently hired at the farm. He has a tattoo right here on his forearm. First day he came to the job, I, I uh, was referred to him by my nephew. He said, you really need to talk to this boy about hiring him. And he called me in, I seen he had a tattoo, and I was like, hell no, now what did I get into? I, I right away judged him by his tattoo. This is what his tattoo says. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. When I got a little closer to Trevor, I realized that he is a true Christian. He believes a little different than you and I do. But I believe he's a man that would truly lay down his life to show the love of God. And I just want to challenge us in that regard. I'm not saying we all need to go get a tattoo on our forearm of the love of God. But as others look at us, as they meet us, do they see the love of God radiating from our lives that we would lay down our lives to show them the love of God. I want to leave us with one verse in closing in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 5. It says this, And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. I trust as we've looked into and, and thought and dwelt on this topic of love that I challenged your thinking, not only for our love for God, but also our love for others, for those around us to radiate that love to those around us, that others would be drawn to the God, to the love of the God that we serve. That the Lord would direct the hearts of each one of us into the love of God. May God add His blessing to the message.